G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Fry and I'm back with AFL Fantasy News. Uh, you may have noticed that my article on some of my rookie selections wasn't up on Friday. Uh, a spanner got thrown in the works there, but I did put it up this morning. So that is what the theme of this pod slash video is going to be. My rookie picks for my 2019 AFL Fantasy team. And I'll be honest... It's pretty bloody tough to pinhole, pinhole? That's not a word, pigeonhole, some of the players that I want in my starting side. There's been guys that have fluctuated in and out of our bench spots, and over the JLT, we saw some other guys who kind of enhanced their performances and their chances of a round one debut, but it's still kind of throwing darts at the dartboard. You have to pay up for some of the expensive ones if you want to have reliable rooks, but there are a couple of 170k basement guys who are in the mix. Some of the dudes in my team, which I'll reveal at the end of this video as well, some of the blokes in my team, I've kind of, especially the bench picks, picked with wishful thinking, meaning that I hope they're named round one, but probably not going to happen. But I do think they could end the year as top 10 cash cows. Um, by the time you check out this video, fingers crossed, I'm recording it on Saturday around midday. Hopefully I get it out by the end of the day. If not, it'll be up first thing on Sunday. And then on Sunday, you can also check out my AFL Fantasy Rookies Guide, the guide ranking all the rookies, well not all of them, but uh, probably top eight, top ten midfielders, handful of rucks, and then top eight uh, forwards on the Dream Team Talk site. That's going to go up uh, live probably uh, mid-arvo on Sunday, so make sure you stay glued to that. I'm going to be covering the cash cows and the rookies all season long for those boys, so I thought it'd be a good idea if I talk a little bit about them, because I've done some homework on some of the guys throughout the preseason and watched them throughout the JLT, but like I said, it's going to be tricky to nail it, I think, to start the year. A lot of people will probably chop and change guys depending on who's named starting round one, including myself. Fingers crossed you're watching this on my new YouTube layout. If you're listening via the pod, make sure you check it out. Uh, thanks to Papi Pow, Dan Man himself, who helped me structure this. But without further ado, let me dive into how my AFL Fantasy rookies are looking to start 2019. Before I quickly dive into them, uh, make sure you join the Sports by Fry League if you haven't already. You can just search Sports by Fry. Um, it's an AFL fantasy open league, so I think we're nearly on 40. It would be nice if we could bring up the half ton before the season starts. Uh, first year of doing that, so I don't know if I'm going to get some form of prize or something going, but uh, as I build my following, I'll definitely try and uh, have some perks to topping that league. And of course, you're going to go up against yours truly. So in my team, uh, currently I have two rooks on the field to start the year. And I've paid up a little bit for these guys. I've gone with Sam Collins, who I think might have the best job security of any of the fantasy cash cows in defense. And the other bloke I've picked is Jordan Clark. Now, Xavier Dertzma is someone who's kind of... Uh, raised his profile over the JLT and someone that's definitely worth taking a chance on. He's a little bit cheaper than those other two guys who are in my side at the moment, but the reason I've picked these two, and it's kind of the theme, with the exception of some bench flyers I've taken, as you'll see, it's kind of the theme of my starting team, is I've gone for the guys paid up a little bit with good job security. So I think Sam Collins is going to be in Gold Coast's best 22 for the whole season. We saw him at Werribee last year play that great intercept defender role. Didn't get to really uh, flourish throughout the preseason. And look, Gold Coast isn't going to be winning a lot of games this year, so he probably will have to play a bit more of a key defender. But I still think, like I said, his job security is good. I still think he can be a 50 
get a 60 scorer and that's what we need out of these rookies is to make us a bit of money anything over 60 is really a bonus uh I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like we're a little bit light on for reliable scorers. We might have the best fantasy rookie of all time in my midfield, uh, which I'll talk about soon. But yeah, I think 50 to 60 might be a pass mark this year, which is a bit sad. But uh, Collins should get there. So should Jordan Clark. Again, another player who kind of uh, was in the spotlight throughout the JLT. Had two pretty good games. With Zach Tui set to miss at least the first fortnight of games, he's probably going to get a chance starting round one. And I think that he can entrench himself in that uh, Geelong best 22. Even if Zach Tui comes back healthy, he's got a couple of other good defenders like Tommy Stewart. Uh, I'm blanking at some of the other guys, but those rebounding types of defenders that he might have to contend with. But I think, fingers crossed, that Clark can hold his spot and should start the year in good fashion. But yeah, it could be a tricky one to define. Speaking of tricky to define, on my bench at the moment, I've got Chris Burgess from the Gold Coast Suns, who has been all right. Didn't have a great second JLT week, but that's okay. I'm still going to back him in, like I think nearly 40% of the coaches are. Um, he has forward flexibility. I like to get guys who have dual positioning. It's not a huge be-all, end-all, but it's nice to have those type of guys that you can rely on. If a forward comes out and you need a defensive plug, you can swap them around. So he's got one spot. Marty Hoare from the Demons has another one, who again, didn't really light it up in the JLT, but could still be all right. Could be a good pick. Um, I don't think there's too many others, with the exception of maybe Harry Jones, who is in the mould for those bench spots. Harrison Jones from the Hawks might not even be named. Uh, could come in throughout the year, should come in throughout the year, the youngster. Um, but I think James Cousins has kind of entrenched himself. I'm using that word a couple of times today. Don't think I've used it in a video before. Uh, should solidify a spot in Hawthorne's best 22. Uh, Jones might be one of the blokes who misses out. Did score pretty reasonably in the first uh, JLT game, but at this stage, you've got to pick the guys who are playing in round one. Now, if there's guys who haven't been in your calculations all preseason, don't just throw the person who's named a bit of a bolter into your defensive spots, because chances are they could be dropped round one or two after round one or two. But I think these guys are going to be solid plays for this year, and at least hopefully generate a little bit of money. A couple of other dudes in that mix for the bench spots down your defence line, like Francis Watson. He's going to find it tough to get uh, regular games in the Eagles side, so even if he's named round one, I don't know if I'll start with him. Don't think he will be. However, Brad Shepard's injury might just force the Eagles to blood him early. Could be another bloke like uh, Jordan Clark we've already spoken about who solidifies his uh, chances of keeping staying in the side by a good start, but yeah, I'm a little bit sceptical. I'm a little bit of a sceptic over uh, Watson's job security, so he probably won't start for me. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw from Hawthorne's, another bloke, costing you a little bit more than those 170k guys who could be in the mix, but not for me. Had a great first quarter against Richmond last week in the preseason match, but yeah, I don't, he didn't really score too well to finish the game, so pass for mine. And then a couple of other cashed up uh, more expensive rookies, I should say, include Connor Rosie and Isaac Quainer. Quainer might not get a berth round one. Rosie should, and with forward flexibility, there's a couple of coaches that have taken the punt on him. Can't blame me for doing that, but he reminds me, they've compared him a little bit to Robbie Gray, and he reminds me of Robbie Gray in some senses, in the fact that he doesn't accumulate a lot of the footy. Uh, he's a very impactful player when he's got it, and could prove me wrong and go 60-65 this year, but I think I like Collins and Clark over him more. If you're a Rosie fan, though, go for it. Nothing wrong with that pick. 
Alrighty, moving into my midfield, and as I've spoken about, Sam Walsh is my fifth midfielder at the moment. I'm going to talk my team structure soon, but I've got three rookies on the field, which uh, I don't know if I'm 100% happy with. All these things could change, of course, before round one, but Walsh is my fifth midfielder at the moment. Had a great JLT. I was starting him at M5 or 6, no matter what he did this preseason, and he's only really enhanced his, uh, what's the word, his fantasy performance uh, I think a lot of coaches are taking the punt on him. There's not much else to say. Must be in your side, really. I think behind Dangerfield is the most owned player in the comp, and there's a reason that's true. Um, another rookie with plenty of ownership is Charlie Constable. Should be named round one. Had a pretty good preseason hit out. No certainty, but there's no certainty around any of these guys, let's be honest. So Constable's a guy who will most likely be there in round one, along with Willem Drew, who is my last on-field rookie. He has forward flexibility, and I'm always a big fan of having a link between your midfield and your forward line, at least to start the year. I don't usually go out of my way to include someone like that, but in the past, I've always had that. I found it very helpful, especially with trades and moving some of these rookies around. Even if Ollie Wines comes back within a fortnight, three weeks, I think Drew can hold his spot. I'm not 100% confident, but fingers crossed he can stay in there. Had a pretty good game against the Ruse last week, but let's be honest, half of Port Adelaide scored 80-plus against uh, North Melbourne. So he's my last on-field pick. Could swing him into my forward line and get a little bit fancy. My team literally has been perfectly structured with zero dollars remaining. And one guy who I'd like to get into my side is Bailey Scott from North Melbourne. He's 174k, so I don't even have the extra four grand. So he might plug into my last uh, midfield spot, or I might put him on the bench and field one of the guys who are on my bench now. And that could help me swing Drew into my forward line. But I'm waffling a little bit about that. Uh, on the bench at the moment, I've picked two guys who aren't in a hell of a lot of teams. I've gone with Will Hayes from the Bulldogs and Tom Atkins from Geelong. Atkins probably stands more of a chance of being named in round one. Will Hayes, I think he's a guy who's probably going to come into the fold throughout the season. Bulldogs bloke who, from memory, won Footscray's BNF last year. Uh, Tommy Atkins is Geelong's... VFL captain from a year ago, had 23 tackles in a game once upon a time, so I think he's someone that, if named, needs to be in our sides. Um, like I said, I'm trying to almost talk this Will Hayes one into existence, but I might have to take the chance and start someone like Nick Hind, or Brent Bewley, or Michael Gibbons. Those three 170k guys are all in the mix for those bench spots. Most coaches of well, 15 to 30% of coaches have taken a chance on those guys I've already talked about. Gibbons seems set to gain forward status in week six, or round six, I think, is when the new DPPs will be announced, because he's played most of the preseason as a forward. Don't think he's going to score a hell of a lot, so that's why I've kind of pumped the brakes a bit on him. But, again, these guys I've got, like Hayes, aren't named, then I'm going to have to include someone else. So those are probably the three guys in my mix. Again, my hands are tied a little bit with my salary cap issues, but... Yeah, if you have a little bit of extra coin and you can afford someone like Bailey Scott at 174k, go for it. Not a bad choice. Zach Butters is another expensive dude, along with the likes of Bailey Smith, uh, Luke Davies Uniac. They're all around 250. LDU's a little bit more. I think he's about 266, something like that off the dome. So those guys you got to pay up for again. If they're on your field, there's nothing really wrong with it. But I don't think you can afford to spend that extra 70 or 80k and leave them on your bench. Um, so there's, a, I think the midfield were actually pretty deep in after me kind of shitting all over the rooks earlier, but the midfield, there are a lot of mature ages in the mix. So I think 
for that reason, I won't take a punt on the expensive uh, draftees. However, I've always paid up for rookies in the past, so if I do shuffle my team around a bit, one of those guys like Butters, maybe even a fly like Jackson Hatley could come into the team if named round one, but probably not. All right, the rucks I can skim over pretty quickly. I'll be honest, um, I don't have any of them really in my calculations. R3 and R4, our bench spots, are always just 170k darts that we hope can make us money, but really, if there's a problem with your second ruck, you trade them out and you bring in someone who can produce at least. So I've got uh, Darcy Fort and Matthew Fling in at the moment. I've kind of pushed uh, Darcy Cameron to the side, only because I know that uh, with Callum Sinclair in the side, Cameron's not going to see minutes. If Cameron's named, I can probably bring him in. But Flynn might play some minutes with Shane Mumford suspended for the first couple of games. So uh, what I'm hoping is Matthew Flynn can at least, I don't know, score 45, maybe make me a quick 30k, 40k, and then I can trade him out and bring in Cameron if Cameron's named uh, later down the line. Some people are taking a punt on Archie Smith with one of their ruck spots. If you've got a little bit of extra coin, it's not a stupid idea. Smith's set to uh, share ruck responsibilities this year with Stefan Martin, so he's probably going to, he's priced at 217 grand, he's probably going to increase from that. Maybe get to 300, make you some nice coin. Don't think you can start him, that's way too risky, but some people might opt to start Zach Clark. Again, it's a pretty bold strategy to use him in your second ruck spot. At 270 grand, you can save a shitload of money by doing it, but I don't know if the pros outweigh the cons there. The only game we've seen him play so far was against a Carlton lineup without Matthew Cruiser and with an Essendon lineup that didn't have Tommy Bell Chambers or really any recognised second ruckman uh, in response, uh, in helping Clark. So. I don't think Clark's in uh, smart play, not in my calculations. However, if, like I said, you've been in on him in the preseason and you really want to back him in, it allows you to make a few other moves throughout your team, then go for it. you got more balls than me. <laughs> Righto, my forward line, and then I'm getting into team reveal time. At the moment, Will Setterfield, like Sam Walsh, is a top five selected player. Needs to be in your forward line, point blank. Could have him in your midfield because he's got mid-forward flexibility, but having him as a bargain uh, forward is almost too good to pass up. We had... Oh, who was it? I'm blanking now. It wasn't Taranto. There was someone a couple of years ago, I remember, that I took a chance on the forward line as well and scored well. Setterfield seems set to be that guy. Fingers crossed he can stay healthy. Knocking on wood because the poor bastard has had an unlucky run with injuries. And if he's healthy... And in our teams, I reckon he can score pretty reasonably. Average about 75 throughout the JLT, probably set to go 65 to that 75 mark, uh, depending a little bit on his role and how the other players around him uh, score, like Gibbons if he comes into the midfield a bit. That might eat into some of his production, but Setterfield's must-have property. Uh, Matthew Parker, the St Kilda rook, um, he's a mature ager, so technically he's not a, a rookie, but he is a first-year player. He's 178 grand, and he's my last rookie on my field at my F6 spot. Even though he didn't score great throughout the preseason, as I'm sure you've all heard, he was a really high-pressure act forward. He kind of almost reminded me of Chris Mayne in the way that he... He didn't tackle his way to a hell of a lot score-wise, but he was always the bloke kind of competing for the footy and throwing his body on the line, doing all the one percenters. So that's the kind of stuff that coaches eat up. So he'll almost be a certain starter. I can't really say it because I don't know for a fact, but it, it would shock me if he wasn't named for St Kilda in round one. For that reason, I think he's going to start on my field. He's almost the best of a bad bunch when it comes to your final rookie starters in the forward line. Like I said, we're a bit uh, strapped for cash. 
I might be able to, if he's not named, bring Willem Drew in and put Bailey Scott into my midfield, like I've talked about a bit before. But Parker, I think, is a, a solid option, uh, best of a bad bunch in that F6 role. Now, similar with my midfield, my forward bench spots have been taken by guys who I'm trying to talk into a round one debut. One of them is Jared Brander from the Eagles, who had a pretty good hit out this preseason against Frio and Geelong. Um, could kind of vie for that swingman role between defence and forward. Get a couple of marks, hopefully chalk up a couple of tackles and maybe even kick a snag or two. And he can be a 50-point, 60-point player. Um, I like his chances over Jack Petricelli, who had a reasonable hit out against Frio, but we saw against Geelong he didn't score great. Granted, I think both those guys had small or low-ish time on ground, so it's tough to gauge, take it with a bit of grain of salt, uh, those fantasy scores. But in saying that, I think that Brander has a higher fantasy flaw, which makes me like uh, him over Petricelli. Probably not going to be named over Petricelli, but like I said, I'm going to speak it into existence. My final forward bench spot has gone to Giran Myers. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. I've tried to practice uh, doing this before the recording, but I can't even remember how to say it. The Geelong dude kicked uh, seven snags in the TAC Cup Grand Final a couple of years ago. I'm going to reference that uh, every time I reckon that I talk about him. Had a good hit out this preseason. Tackled pretty well, which you like to see from your rookies. And it's almost the hidden stat for rookies. If they can tackle three or four times a game, that gives them all of a sudden an extra dozen points. So... He's a guy who is definitely in my mix. Again, might not be named round one, and if that's the case, I might have to pick someone else and look at getting Myers into my side when he is named, because I'm sure he'll get games this year throughout the season. Now, some other rooks who you might want to take a chance on. There's a few injured guys who you can't start with. Um, ruled out for about a fortnight, maybe closer to three weeks, include Ben Kavara from the Bulldogs. He's about 182 grand, and Josh Corbett, from the Suns, who's a basement price guy. Those guys aren't really in your starting calculations if they're not named. Because they're injured, they could obviously become downgrade options throughout the year. So keep them on your watch list, but don't really start with them, especially if they're hurt. Noah Bolter, who, pun intended, is someone who bolted into the uh, potential Richmond starting lineup to start this season against Carlton. Good thing is we're going to know if he's named in round one because I saw today, I'm pretty sure, that Tom Lynch is a certain starter for round one. So if they have Rewalt, Lynch, Nank and Bolter, we know that Bolter's pretty high up on the job security pecking order at Richmond. I think that Lynch confirmed as a starter is probably going to make Bolter uh, miss round one action. Could be proven wrong. Um, he, Like I said, because of all those tools, his job security is a little bit... Up in the air, Ivan Soldo could take that backup ruck and swingman role um, behind Nankervis. But, yeah, he's someone that surprised uh, and wowed against Melbourne in the first week of JLT. Didn't have a fantastic outing in week two against Hawthorne, but has shown enough to almost warrant uh, a bench spot, well, pretty much warrant a bench spot um, if he's named in round one. Similar to the midfield, like I talked about, there are a couple of high draft picks that are a bit more expensive. Guys like Jack Lacocious, Nick Blakey from the Swans, who I don't hate, but I don't have really enough uh, kahunas to take a punt on him. But those type of guys, especially because they're bigger, key forwards tend to have lower fantasy scores. Lacocious is a no-play for me, even though, again, job security is what we cover. He will likely play the majority of the Suns games if healthy. I don't think you can start with him, especially... I know it's has slim pickings for some of these forward rookies, but that's almost a hundred grand difference between him and a 170k guy. And I've, as I've highlighted, there are a few in the mix, so 
Hopefully some of these guys get named. Uh, it's not a bad thing if we've got too many guys to pick from in our starting side. And Lukosius probably costs a little bit too much. Similar to Blakey, 254, 52, something like that he costs. So that extra 80, 90 grand is probably better off being spent in other areas. Uh, one more dude, Isaac Rankin, who was the third pick in last year's draft. 266 grand he costs. Suffered a pretty serious hamstring injury, so he's going to be out for at least the first two months of the year. So if you've got him in your starting side, make sure you shift him out pretty soon. There were a few other players I talked about in that article, uh, the aforementioned rookie selections one, so you can check that out at sportsbyfry.com and have a real dig through some of the other names I talked about. But that's pretty much the nuts and bolts of it. And that's how my team's looking at the moment. So without further ado, it's time to reveal the large fries and coke 4.0. And at the moment, my defense is looking like the most inconsistent line for me. Um, I've got no money left in my salary cap, which is hilarious, but I'm reasonably happy with how my team looks. So as long as the rookies who I have picked and are named, I might consider not changing anything before Thursday. I'm sure I'll do some trades and make things move, but I might settle on this lineup at the moment. So in the Back line, I have Jake Lloyd, uh, Lockie Whitfield, and Alex Witherden as my three big dogs down there. Brody Smith is someone who's in my calculations because if I trade potentially with O, um, I think he's at the bottom of the pecking order out of those three. I like Lloyd, I like Whitfield, so for that reason, if I wanted to get someone else, Witherden probably would be the one that goes. Um, if I could get Brody Smith from the Crows in, that saves me nearly 200 grand, and it lets me do a lot else with my team. So there's a potential money play there. Uh, Nick Newman is someone who's cheaper than Witherden as well. Kind of scared me with his score last week. I think it was a once-off. Uh, don't know for a fact, though. So had a good week one. This is a classic example of stage ALT strong. Do we keep him? Do we fold? Really tough to say. I, I still haven't made my mind up, and for, the, for that reason, at the moment, he's out of my side. Could very well come back in before the round tips off and should be in top eight, six defender calculations, but just because he should be doesn't mean he will be. Uh, and one bloke very unique who I'm almost, almost considering. I'm about 50-50 on him and with it at the moment. I'd actually, I'd say he's 40% likely to come into my team. With those 60 at the moment is Shannon Hearn. Very good preseason. Didn't really put a foot wrong. Seems set to be West Coast kickout specialist and had a score 88.9, I think he averaged last year. So he could be 90, 95 plus. You're paying up for what you get, but... He seems like someone who's a unique guy who could be a top six chance, so I might just take a punt on him. That being said, without Brad Shepard in the lineup, I think, uh, with his injury, I think that Hearn could... Although he... Brad Shepard's injury is a weird one. I don't... I should have probably researched this before I recorded the video, but I know he got hurt late in the Frio game, or halfway through the Frio game. Might be doubtful for week one. I haven't read any reports on it, so... I, I'm, I'm waffling here, but I don't know how much Shepard will impact Hearn's score. I... Don't think it'll be a lot, and that's why Hearn's on my radar, but I haven't really watched a hell of a lot of both of them together this preseason, and obviously, for a lot, bit of last year, it was mainly the AFL finals, not the fantasy finals, Shepard was hurt, so yeah, Bunger is someone to keep on your radar, but I, if you do, like me, want to take a chance on him, just be careful and do the research, which I will after I've recorded this, on uh, how he scores with and without Brad Shepard. I'd be curious to see the numbers. I've already talked about the rookies, but my... 
Final guy in my defense at D4 is Zach Williams. Again, this could become Brody Smith if I switch things around, but Williams has pretty much been sitting in that spot all preseason. I'm not too worried that he's only played half a JLT game. They're just managing and making sure that he's right for the start of the season. Now, if he's not named round one, it's a completely different story, but I don't think that's going to happen. So for that reason, another high-owned player uh, sits in my fourth defensive post. Okie dokie, attention to my midfield now. Uh, Josh Kelly was someone that I've been in on all preseason, said that he was going to be a certain starter in my side if he played the preseason. Because he didn't play any JLT games, sorry mate, but you've got to go. So I brought Matt Crouch back into my team, who was in the Large Fries and Coke 1.0 actually, and I've gone with him, Brayshaw, and Cripps as my big dogs in the midfield, and I've included Brad Crouch at M4. So I've gone a little bit light on in the midfield, which I'm not too happy about. However, I think that's because I've got some pretty top dollar guys across the other lines. Um, it's kind of one of those things, you can't afford everyone. I'd love to include Dusty Martin and then push Crouch to M5 and some other guys further down the pecking order. But to do that, I'd have to maybe bring in Brody Smith, who I've already talked about. I'd have to chop and change a few other pieces. So it really messes up a lot of my calculations if I do take the punt on Dusty and go deeper in the midfield. So hope it doesn't come back to bite me, but that's what I'm looking like doing at the moment. In my fifth midfield slot is Tom Libertore, who I think even though he's under 400 grand, is an underpriced premium this year. Should go back into playing a lot of minutes in the Dogs midfield, and for that reason, I think he can make me a bit of money. Don't think he'll stay in our teams all year, but looks like a great uh, overpriced cash cow to start the year anyway. The rest of the guys are filled out, uh, the rest of my spots, sorry, are filled out with those rookies that I've talked about. Um, if I was to get a little bit fancy, I could push Drew into my forward line, and then like I said, maybe bring in Dusty and move everyone down a slot, but doesn't really work with my mix at the moment. So that's how my midfield is shaping up. Time for my ruck reveal. Now, Tim English was in my first team to start the year, and that gave me the financial flexibility to include someone like Dustin Martin and bat a bit deeper in the midfield, but I am taking a punt at the moment on Jared Witts. Now, Brody Grundy is your walk-up starter at R1. That's not a discussion. But I've had guys like English, Todd Goldstein, and Max Gorn right up until about 48 hours ago in my second ruck slot. However, I've taken a chance on Wits because I think, similar to what I said, I'm blanking now when I mentioned it. Oh, it's about Brander. I think that Jared Witts's fantasy floor is almost higher than some of those other guys. I don't think that this Bruce max Gorn thing is going to be a problem, but I haven't seen it yet, so... The last thing I want to do is pay top dollar for Max Gorn and then Proust come in round two and all of a sudden Max Gorn scoring in the 80s and 90s, which could happen, probably won't, but that doesn't mean that it's worth the risk. So I can save about 100, 120 grand by starting wits over Max Gorn. So that's my thinking at the moment. Plus, Jared Witts has a pretty good start to the season. First week, he's got St. Kilda, who have no idea who's going to be their starting Ruckman. Following that, he's got Frio with Sean Darcy or a potential banged-up Aaron Sanderlands. Then it goes to Bulldogs, Carlton, Adelaide. Gets a bit trickier after that, but his first month looks pretty impressive. So I wouldn't be surprised if he put up some solid numbers. A couple of 120s, 110s on the board, a couple of 90s, and puts himself in the calculation to be a top three, mid, uh, top three midfielder, a top three Ruck this season. By season's end, I'll probably have gone in that slot, but I think that uh, Jared Witts is probably the play for me at the moment. 
Priced at 94, I think he could push a little bit closer to 100 and very similar price to Todd Goldstein. I think that uh, he's the one that I like, wits that is, over Goldie um, and has more of a chance to capture that triple figure average. So that's my thinking at the moment. Again, none of this is concrete, but it's starting to settle. Okay, my forward line. This has been my most easily picked line pretty much throughout the year. I've got Dangerfield. F2 has chopped and changed a bit, so I'll talk about that soon. F3 is Isaac Heaney. Warple's the bloke I'm taking at F4, and then I've got Setterfield and Parker, who I've already spoken about. Danger, picks himself, has to be your first forward. Heaney, with more midfield time likely to come, I think that he can go 95 to 100 this year. Will be a bit of a risk, considering we haven't really seen it a lot, but worst case scenario, I think I can try and switch him out maybe for someone like Tim Kelly. Warple had a great preseason. I was in on him since I've started my team pretty much, so I'm not going to try and get fancy and chop another guy like Boak or another cheaper player into that role. So my F2 spot has been between Menegola and Dunkley all preseason, and right now, Josh Dunkley resides in that spot. We were a little bit worried when we heard that uh, Dunkley was going to spend more time forward. However, that doesn't mean that he's going to spend all his time forward. Toby McLean is someone who, I think just today, maybe it was yesterday, was flagged to spend more time forward as well. So the Bulldogs' midfield rotation is going to be very similar to last year, I think. Libba will come in, obviously. Bailey Smith will see some minutes. But I think that Toby McLean is the one who's going to miss out a bit. Luke Dalhouse is out of the picture now. So with those two kind of going to the wayside, I think Dunkley will probably hover around the 90 to 100 average and stay a top six forward. Menegola could be someone that comes into my team, but he's about 20 or 30 grand dearer. And as I've spoken about, i got $0 in the bank right now, so that's why I've taken a chance on Dunkley over Menegola. Saves me a little bit of extra coin, which allowed me to shuffle a few things and get other players into my side. All right, and there you have it. That is my rookie selection preview and how the Large Fries and Coke 4.0 are looking right now. Make sure you check out the Dream Team Talk site on Sunday for my big rookie preview. And make sure if you have any questions that you hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, social media throughout the season. I'm going to probably put a blast, a tweet out, maybe Monday, Tuesday. And I'm going to try and record a podcast on Wednesday night answering any questions and answers. So if you have questions, I'm going to get them out so that you can listen to them before Thursday's partial lockout. We've only got about four or five sleeps till the season starts. So enjoy the last weekend without any fantasy stress because for the next 23 weeks, we're going to be... uh, Sleepless nights ahead. Hopefully, you can uh, join the Sports by Fry League. I don't have a car up for grabs, I'm sorry, but uh, fingers crossed your team could be in the running for the top prize. Apart from that, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out Sports by Fry for more of my articles. Nuggets pieces on the way. Going to do a bit of NFL fantasy touch-up over the weekend and then a big AFL season preview next week as well. But time for me to go and edit this video. Until next time, peace. Peace.